We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Chicago Bulls select Kobe White. Levine with the runway. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Pat. And we're talking to you live after a Bulls win over the Celtics, their second in a row. Bulls come away with a 102-96 victory. They improved to 24-33 and on the season. The Bulls win this game without Zach Levine in the lineup, but the Celtics were shorthanded as well. Celtics didn't have Marcus Smart, Celtics didn't have Evan Fournier, Kemba Walker, Robert Williams, but still coming into this game, it certainly seemed like a a game the Bulls were going to lose, especially given how poorly they've played over the last couple weeks, but uh, instead we saw a Bulls team build off a strong defensive performance against Cleveland in a win over the Cavs a couple days ago to hold the Celtics under 100 points. It was really a brutal shooting night for Jason Tatum. He goes 3-17 of from the floor, just did not look like himself, even though he finished with the first triple-double of his career. Uh, but the Bulls somehow held on to a win here. They The, the Celtics tied the game at 90, Jason, uh, as you wrote about in your bloggable recap. At that point, I just assumed that the Bulls were certainly going to lose this game, right? Uh, but a clutch defensive play by Kobe White, of all people, uh, some some good free throw shooting down the stretch, couple good buckets, and a big night by Nikola Vucevic uh, is enough for the Bulls to get the win. So always good to beat the Celtics, Jason. And uh, this was a game that I can't believe they clawed out. Yep, absolutely. I mean, they went down nine nothing early. Like they looked, it looked like they were about to get blown out from the start. It's like, oh god, here we go. Like they couldn't make anything. They go down nine nothing. They trailed by nine a few times. Jalen Brown was fire. Uh, and like I said, it's like, here we go. And midway through the second quarter, Jabari Parker yammed on 
somebody said, I can't remember who it was, to make it 44-32, and it was like, all right, like, I mean, the Bulls just had have nothing going here offensively. Like, they, they can't score. They finished the half decently strong. The Celtics kind of just were sleepwalking through the end of that first that first half. Then the Bulls kind of, they turned it. They finally woke up in the, in the third quarter, started playing really good basketball. Vucevic was awesome. I mean, they were playing through him all night, and he was just going to work on Tristan Thompson. He hit a couple threes to start that third quarter. Kobe finally woke up. He, after Kobe had a brutal first half, he woke up after really – Really bad first half, uh, and then that fourth quarter, it looked like the Bulls might maybe pull away, and then a few times it looked like, and then you start waiting for like just the, the, the uh, train to come off the rails. The there was the one time they went up seven, and then the Celtics come back. They had a three on one fast break, and the Celtics completely blew it. Denzel Valentine with, with a nice defensive play on that fast break. Um, the Bulls push it back out to six, and then as you mentioned, uh, the Celtics come back. They tie it 90-90 with about three and a half minutes to go. They had a couple three pointers, and it's like, all right, like we're screwed. Like this game's over. The Bulls are just going to fold fold down the stretch. Uh, and instead, Vucevic comes back, big bucket right away. They go down to him in the post. It's a big shot, 29 points. That was huge. Um, and then uh, after that, the Bulls got another stop. And the defense down the stretch was was huge. Uh, they had a couple steals. They had a couple steals. Uh, Kobe White, you mentioned the big Kobe White play. And uh, I think Patrick Williams might have had a big steal. They just had a few big plays on Jason Tatum. You mentioned the, in the, the big, uh, uh, the poor shooting night for Jason Tatum. He was only three of 17. He was bad just from uh, the very beginning of this game. Uh, he, and, and funny enough, he had his first career triple double in this game. He had like, I think, 14, 13, and 10. Uh, and, but he shot again, three of 17, five turnovers. He just, he had a few really bad decisions and turnovers down the stretch where again, the Bulls played good defense. Garrett Temple deserves a lot of credit for this game, playing his defense. He had a few big three pointers. And instead of the Bulls just kind of pissing this game down their leg, they pulled it out. They, they kind of did this, uh, against the Cavs as well last game where, uh, looked like they were about to blow it. They, they built up a lead and they blew it. And I think it was a three point game in, against Cleveland on Saturday night. And then the Bulls finished strong in that one. So that's two straight games where it looked like the Bulls might just completely fold down the stretch like we've seen them, seen happen so many times this season. And instead they, they ended up coming up with the big plays. Uh, I do think. <laughs> The fact that the Celtics were missing like half the rotation, that Tatum had one of his worst shooting games. The Bulls did catch a bit of a break with that. Obviously, Levine being out uh, is was tough for them. Uh, I'm sure there will be some people who say that the Bulls, uh, well, I'm sure just the, oh, the Bulls are better without Zach Levine stuff just because like their defense looks a lot better and, oh, the Bulls not sticking. I mean, their offense still wasn't very good for most of the game. The defense was, legit, was legitimately pretty good. But, again, the Celtics roster without Kemba, without Smart, without Fournier, uh, who else? Robert Williams, they missed three starters in their sixth man, and then their best player has maybe his worst shooting game all year. Like, that will help their defense look good. But the Bulls do deserve credit for – Fighting hard, they they had they they had took a bunch more shots than the Celtics as well, thanks to second chance points and all those steals. So uh, a win that they needed because I think the Wizards did. I think the Wizards just won. So the, if the Bulls would have lost, they would have been in twelfth place, uh, a game behind the Wizards. But now they get a big surprising win on the road. And like you said, always great to beat the Celtics. The Bulls have not had much success against the Celtics in recent years. I think this was like this broke a streak of eight regular season losses in Boston. Uh, so to get a win, a surprising win. Even with the Celtics missing so many guys, and especially the way the game started, and they were down double digits early, uh, it feels good. Yeah, and so as you mentioned, the Bulls are now tied for the tenth seed, which would be the last spot in the play-in tournament with the Wizards at twenty-four and thirty-three. The Raptors are a half game back; they're twenty-four and thirty-four. So uh, this is all coming to a head. And I'll say, man, when the Celtics went on that run to open the game, I'm like, what am I doing right. watching? This? <laughs> 
Like, this is just such an irrelevant game. Uh, the Bulls are going to get smoked. I could be doing anything else with my time right now besides for watching this Bulls-Celtics game. But in reality, as you mentioned, there are stakes for this season. The Bulls made that Vucevic trade, I think, just to sort of, like, help their standing and their perception league-wide. Uh, a big part of the reason they made that trade, I think, was to establish themselves as sort of a team on the rise. The way to do that is to get into this play-in tournament, win a game or two, try to get into the playoffs. Uh, the Bulls are going to have their work cut out for them, for sure. You look at Charlotte in that eight seed, they're getting LaMelo Ball back now. The surging Knicks, who have won six in a row <laughs> under Tom Thibodeau, have now surpassed the Heat, and they're up to the sixth seed. So you got... The Heat and the Hornets at 7-8. and eight. Then the Pacers, who lost Miles Turner for the year today. Uh, the Pacers just can't catch a break this year. And then you got the Bulls, Wizards, and Raptors fighting for that final spot. So uh, there is some, there are some real stakes on this season. And I think that what you saw tonight is the player the Bulls thought they were trading for when they swung the deal to get Nikola Vucevic. I do not think he's really capable of playing any better than he played tonight. He was awesome. 29 points, 9 rebounds, uh, pretty good paint protection, I'm going to say defensively as well. Finished with two steals and a block. Uh, Obviously, Vucevic isn't super quick laterally. He's not someone who can uh, soar over the rim to protect, uh, you know, block shots, protect the paint, but uh, he's pretty good at just, like, locking down near the rim, pretty smart defender. I don't think that he's a terrible defender by any means, and I thought he looked pretty decent today in drop coverage. Like, of course, he's not very versatile defensively. You can only play so many different styles, and you sort of have to scheme your way towards being a decent defensive team with him as your five. But he's not awful at the five defensively. And then offensively, he showed the total package tonight. Three of six from three. Uh, he even took a deep heat check three midway through the game because he was really feeling it. And then, you know, the Bulls did a good job finding him in the post early and often. You see Vucevic, 23 shots. Uh, no one else took more than Kobe White's 14. Vucevic is a really high-usage battering ram of an interior scorer. He's not the most efficient player by any means, but uh, post-ups in general, like, aren't exactly the most efficient shot attempts and the guy most you know post ups in mid range shots and he's pretty good at it, right? Like it's not yeah. exactly the bread and butter foundation of like a top ten or top five offense that you're looking for, but uh he's just a battering ram, man. Like he's so strong, he can score with either hand, uh he's really good on the pick and pop and you know, I know Billy Donovan has made a stink about Patrick Williams attempting mid-range shots, but when Vucevic goes to the mid-range, it's pretty much money. So, uh, you know, I think that you have to tailor your offense to your personnel, and with Vucevic, the Bulls are just sort of going to play like a slow-it-down, grind-it-out style unless he really gets hot from three-point range. And I think, you know, you sort of saw his touch from deep tonight. I really hope he's able to continue shooting this well from three because, uh, you know, they're going to need him to continue to be a good three-point shooter, uh, you know, as he ages. And so far with the Bulls, I don't think this is counting tonight, but he entered at the first 13 games making 46.4% of his threes with the Bulls since coming over from the trade. So Vucevic has been pretty stellar offensively, uh, even though the team has been struggling. And Jason, I think you saw the the full package of his talent tonight. 
Absolutely, yeah. I mean, those shooting splits have been really good. And he I mean, he had the Bulls on his back in the first half tonight. The Bulls' offense was a joke besides him. I think he had 17 in the first half, and the Bulls only had 42 in the first half. They were they were lucky to only be down six. Like I said, the Celtics went up 12 there and then just kind of fell asleep uh, to close that first half, and Vucevic put the Bulls on his back, kept them in it. Uh, and then he finally got some help. Kobe White came up big in the third quarter, uh, hit some big free throws down the stretch. I didn't mention Garrett Temple hit some big shots. So he he got just enough help. Uh, to come down the stretch and win this game. And, and the defense helped win it too, which was nice to see because obviously the Bulls defense has been just absolutely brutal for most of the season. Uh, but they've come up big here the last couple nights. Again, some weird circumstances with the opponents and all that kind of stuff, but just great to see them playing hard, not going into a shell, not quitting without one of their all-star players. And they battled hard, battled on the glass and, uh, and Vucevic led the way and he was good. And this is one, this is a reason why you make this trade. If the Bulls don't make this trade, uh, you don't have another all-star to carry you when your other all-star is out. So Vucevic carrying the load offensively, that's great. You actually mentioned the Pacers. I just looked at the standings again. The, the Bulls are only two games behind the Pacers now. Both the Bulls and Wizards uh, are right on the Pacers' heels. Like, they might be in trouble now with Turner out. Like, maybe they just totally missed the, this whole plan. Like, that'd be kind of crazy. I think Sabonis was out tonight, too. Like, they're, like, health-wise in big, big trouble. Uh, so so this is it's kind of tightening up again. Because just a few days ago, I think the Bulls were, like, maybe four or five games behind the Pacers, but now they've lost three in a row and the Bulls have won a couple in a row. So now it's tightening up there for that number nine spot and the Wizards are on fire. So uh, it's just nice that you mentioned the stakes. It's just like nice to actually be playing with actuals. I mean, you could argue what these stakes are, like to get blown out in the first round by one of the teams at the top. But like just the fact that after four years or whatever, for the Bulls to actually be playing games that mean mean something and to actually have meaningful wins in Boston again, uh, that's pretty pretty fucking dope. So that was nice to see and just nice seeing them pull it out and kind of get back in this after just a really rough stretch. I mean, though, when they lost that Magic game was brutal and the Grizzlies game on Friday night was uh, they played pretty well for a half and then they just got absolutely their doors blown off in the second half again. And it just seemed like they were about to hit rock bottom. Like if that Cavs game, uh, if they would have lost that game, like I would have almost like said the season is over. But they've they've rebounded nicely, got a couple wins in a row without Zach, uh, and now they're kind of right back in this mixture. So that's nice. Ricky, should we uh we had we had a few speaker requests. Should we should we go to them now? For sure. All right, let's do it. Let's see. Oh no, it went away. If whoever was wanting to speak again, if you want to request, uh, whoever that was. I can't remember who it was. They might have left. Uh, I was trying to make a point. Forgot I was on mute. I was just going to say, dude, if they lost that Cavs game, uh, the entire fan base would have been completely into the tank, yeah. right? Like, it would have been like, okay, let's just try to protect this pick. This season's a wash. Now, you know, you get that win against the Cavs. You get a win you didn't expect to get against the Celtics. The Bulls' next game, I believe, is against Cleveland again. I'm pulling up the schedule right now. So that's another winnable game against Cleveland. That's on Wednesday. Then they got Charlotte on Thursday. They won't have LaMelo yet. Charlotte uh, also doesn't have Gordon Hayward. They've been struggling a bit lately. Then you got two against the Heat, one against the Knicks, Milwaukee, Atlanta, Philly. So that's going to be a really tough stretch of six games right there. Uh, the Bulls are going to want to beat Cleveland on Wednesday and yeah. they beat Charlotte on Thursday even better. Got to, at minimum, split those two games, go on a nice little three out of four streak here because uh, the six games after that are going to be really difficult. And really, the entire end of the Bulls' season 
looks like it's going to be pretty tough. Now, two of those games are against Brooklyn. You don't know if Brooklyn's going to be sort of like resting their starters. Brooklyn really has not been trying very hard to try to get the top seed in the East. Uh, Their last game of the year is against Milwaukee. We don't know if Milwaukee's going to have anything to play for. Uh, you know, third to last game of the year is against the Raptors. But basically the regular season wraps up May 16th. The play-in tournament starts, I think, the 18th. And all of this is coming to the head, coming to a head right now. The Bulls are in a furious sprint, basically playing every other day or, you know, a couple back-to-backs in there as well until the end of the season. So, uh, hey, man, they're still keeping our attention. And every game just feels so critical now just as they try to get yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the schedule like looks really tough, but like with all the injury reports are on the league are just ridiculous. Like so many guys hurt, sick, out, whatever. Like so, we'll see how that actually matches up. Rio, what do you got for us tonight? What up, guys? What's up? Um, I was I was reading an article, I believe, on Bleach Report, and I know it's a little early. We're still trying to see how things are going to go this season, but I'm as I'm watching the games. You you just don't get much from the the guard spot out of Kobe and Sato a lot, you know, either either they're they're real hot or you're just not getting much. And I'm just wondering what do you guys think that they should and will do in the off season to uh address the the point guard situation. Like, um I was like I said, I was reading an article and I, I believe it was on Bleacher Report and they were saying that the the Pacers might have a fire sale or they they should do you think they should go after Malcolm Brogdon and you know, or or just put the chips in and go after Lamel uh, after uh Lonzo Ball and see how that works out? Yeah, great question, Rio. Thanks for listening, thanks for asking that question. Right before the trade deadline, I tweeted that I wanted the Bulls to trade Kobe White, Lowry Markkinen, and a first-round pick to the Pacers for Malcolm Brogdon. Half of my mentions were like, wow, way too aggressive. Can't believe you're going to go all in like that. And then what the Bulls actually did is a trade that was significantly more aggressive than the one I suggested, trading two first-rounders for Vucevic and Wendell Carter. So, I would love Malcolm Brogdon. Now, Brogdon has had a quad injury this season, or I think it's possibly bothered him for a couple seasons, lower leg injury. Yeah. Uh, that's a really tough injury to come back from, and I think that like that's something that could linger and maybe impact the rest of his career. So with that caveat that I'm not totally sure how he's going to be able to play uh, with, you know, that injury long-term, I think Brogdon is a perfect fit next to Levine, and he would be, like, basically exactly what you want uh, next to him. A big guard who can spot up off the ball, great floor spacer as a shooter. Remember, he had a 40-50-90 season his last year with the Bucks. Uh He goes to the Pacers, transitions into more of an on-ball point guard role, and he's been awesome at getting to the basket. He's basically been playing at a near all-star level, uh, this month, 23 points a game. His efficiency isn't amazing, but still solid. And, you know, I think that he would be able to free Levine up to play more off the ball on offense. Uh, so you don't have Levine running so much pick and roll. And then defensively, like, he's just what you want next to Levine. A big guard uh, who could, like, handle multiple assignments, high IQ guy, really good off-ball help rotational defender. So 
I would love the Brogdon move if the Bulls can get that somehow. I think that that is uh, the best-case scenario, assuming, you know, he can still be the same player long-term. But uh, I would like Lonzo as well. Uh, but, you know, Bro- Brogdon would be really nice. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, we talked about that before the trade deadline when that rumor that first that rumor first came up. And I, I am really curious, like what the Pacers are going to do. Like, uh, I mean, we've heard rumors forever, like they're going to break up Turner and Sabonis. Uh, again, they're five games under 500 this year. Uh, Brogdon has had the injury issues, as you kind of mentioned there, but just like he's one healthy, he's just a really solid player. Uh, so it will be interesting to see what the direction they go. They, the Pacers have been disappointing. We'll see if they. Uh, if they do make any big moves like that, I know they've had a lot of injuries just in general. So I guess we'll see. I mean, I mean, obviously the Lonzo stuff we've talked about forever, and he hasn't looked that good since coming back from this latest injury he's had, which is kind of what happened earlier in the year. Like he needed some time to get healthy, and he really got back. I know uh, Lonzo took a lot of heat for botching that last mid, the last second play against the Knicks over the weekend, and he didn't shoot that well either. But I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously the Bulls. I think they still know that they need an upgraded point guard. I will, I will give Kobe some credit for playing a bit better these last two nights. Like he's cut the, cut a lot of the really just terrible turnovers down a bit. He he still hasn't shot the ball that great. He had that really nice game against the Grizzlies overall with the shooting. He did not shoot the ball well against the Cavs, but he did. Uh, The assist to turnover ratio has been much better. Uh, I know the defense obviously with Kobe has, is an issue, but I'll at least give him credit for battling tonight. He didn't have the heart, the toughest matchup. I mean, that's for sure with, the, the Celtics missing Marcus Smart, missing Kemba Walker. That was a break for Kobe. But he did have that big play down the stretch on defense. With, he got the steal off a lazy Tatum pass, and he had the big layup, and then he hit the four free throws. So I'll at least give Kobe some credit there because Kobe, was he was down bad. Uh, I mean, again, the, Bull, the Bulls as a team were just really was down bad. Were down bad before the Levine thing. And that, that seemed like it was a rock-bottom moment. Then they lose to the Grizzlies for the last couple games. Kobe's at least kind of finally starting to look a little better. I do wonder how much of that is just like him and Levine have just been like a terrible combination because just defensively it's bad and just like obviously both of them being more like ball-dominant type guys and Kobe just went – I mean, I don't even know if you'd really call Kobe ball-dominant at this point. We just know he's a better shooter, but – uh, the him, him and Levine have just really struggled together this season as a, as a pairing. So I do wonder if Levine being out has kind of helped him a little bit, maybe get him a bit better rhythm. But I mean, just in general, it's been nice to see him just not be completely incompetent because was it the, ma- I, I can't remember if it was the Magic game where he just played just at some of the worst, maybe his worst game of the season was either against the Magic or one of the, one of those other games around there. And it looked like he was unplayable. So at least get him back, getting a bit more confidence back has been nice. But I think overall, as Rio said, I think the Bulls do probably know that they still need an upgraded point guard if they really want to be a legitimate contending team. Like, if Kobe stays around as a six-man type, like, that's fine. Uh, I know we have talked about maybe they could look to trade him for something. If he does finish the season strong, I mean, maybe that builds his value for a trade. Maybe that, that the Bulls decide that they want to keep him around. Either way, at least he's not totally cratering here with Zach out, and he's looked a little better. So, But, yeah, in general, Bulls, we know, need a better card option for sure if they want to actually uh, be, to be taken seriously yeah man even in a game where Kobe you know he played pretty well 19.7 assists uh probably honestly one of his better performances of the season like he still had a lot of plays where he was missing open yeah. guys when yeah. he had the ball on offense his defense was brutal so yeah I mean this has not been a good season for Kobe White he basically has made no improvement from his rookie year. Defensively, I would say he's basically terrible. Offensively, he can't dribble. He can't get to the rim. He can't finish at the rim. He runs hot and cold, so when he's hot, he really can fill it up. 
he's an amazing free throw shooter, 91% free throw shooter, which is typically a strong shooting indicator. So, you know, three-point shooting indicator, maybe long-term he can develop into, you know, a 40% or greater three-point shooter. Right now on the year, he's like at 34%. So, uh, you know, Kobe's season has left a lot to be desired. I think the Bulls absolutely need a big upgrade in the point guard role. Part of the Vucevic trade meant that they were, you know, they diminished a lot of their best trade assets. Like, your two first-round picks were probably the best trade assets you had. And I think that Carter was, you know, he was a better trade asset than Markinen, maybe debatably a better trade asset than White. But Kobe does have two years left on his rookie deal after this season. Uh, he's been he's been pretty bad in general. So I personally would like to see the Bulls try to trade him. I think he's going to have a long career in the NBA. I think he's going to be a decent player. But I don't know. Long term, get Kobe out of here, I kind of think. <laughs> I know I know Stacey King has made it a point to really call Kobe out when he misses guys, and he did it again tonight at least once, maybe even multiple times. I was, wasn't listening super closely the entire game. I was uh, kind of going in and out with the volume there. But I, and there was at least one point where, like, and, and I think he went to the telestrator and even called it out as well. Just like, And he does it, I feel like, almost every game. And, I mean, that's clearly a point of contention there where even when he does have, like, decent games like tonight, like he said, he didn't turn the ball over, which is nice. He didn't have – like some some of these games where he's had these just terrible turnovers, just, like, completely unforced boneheaded stuff is just awful. That has kind of gone away lately, but he's still, like you said, missing just easy reads, easy looks, and that kind of stuff he's got to get better at. Who knows if it ever does come. Like I said, I don't want to say that it's not going to, but, uh, uh, yeah, it just got to get better. Bulls need to get just better in that area in general. They, they did have 30 assists tonight. Uh, they do share the ball uh, – They've shared the ball pretty well most of the season. I know there have been times where the ball does stick. Uh, if there's, like, one issue with Levine, especially in crunch time, it's the hero ball type of stuff. Uh, but in general, the Bulls have moved the ball pretty well this season. But uh, the turnovers have been a problem, and they do obviously miss some of those reads. Uh, comment here from Jordan. He says, I'd like to see a Sato, Kobe, Temple, Thad, Booch lineup, give Kobe more off-ball work. And I think the Kobe off-ball thing is something we have talked about uh, a lot, and then I think it would make a lot of sense. Uh, I mean, it does seem like at this point with Zach out that they're even even before Zach was out that they were they've committed to trying to do the Kobe point guard thing. Even when Zach was playing, Kobe was the backup point guard, and they were giving him those reps. Uh, and it was looking really, it was pretty rough for him off the bench there. And now that he's in the starting lineup, he's getting that look as the starting point guard. Uh, but yeah, I mean that lineup in general would make sense. You got the vets in there, and then you have Kobe kind of playing off them. You have guys a bunch of good passers. It's Sato, Temple, Thad, Vucevic. Those, they're all plus passers. And you have Kobe play off that. I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense. I haven't looked – I haven't seen, like, the lineup data to see if they've tried that yet or – I know Temple just kind of came back, but – or if they even – I can't even remember if they tried that tonight. But that's definitely a lineup that I think makes a lot of sense. Just good passing. You have pretty good shooters out there as well. Uh, just a bunch of smart players. Uh, you can play inside and out there. So I think that's uh, – I think it's at least a decent lineup to play. Uh, to get Kobe off the ball more. And, again, that's something we've talked about a lot, just to get him more spot-up looks uh, instead of being that leader of the offense. Um, sure. Does uh, anybody else have any comments? In the, uh, if you want to come up here on stage and talk, if you have any comments in the – or you want to ask a question in the comments, please feel free. Ricky, do you have any other uh, leftover thoughts from this game, big picture stuff, looking ahead? What do you got? Anything else? Yeah. Not too much. I think we can wrap it up. But uh, next couple games, like I said, for the Bulls, honestly, they're must-win games at this point in the schedule. Got to be Cleveland on Wednesday. 
and it's going to be tough on a back-to-back against Charlotte, but that is a home game on Thursday. Uh, hopefully we'll try to do another one of these, maybe after the Charlotte game. I don't know what, what your schedule is looking like, Jason. We can we can talk that out, but uh, we're going to do another locker room yeah. pod this week. Uh, and, you know, these are, these are some big games for the Bulls before the schedule gets more difficult. Absolutely. Honestly, they, I don't want to say they should win both, but they probably kind of should, even, even without Zach. I mean, you have, you still have another all-star, and the Bulls do have some decent depth. And besides Zach, they're actually really damn healthy. I mean, uh, I mean, just look at the Celtics. The Celtics were missing three starters and Evan Fournier, and that's, that's a lot, especially with the Celtics. I mean, the Celtics were running lineups with Luke Cornett, Jabari Parker, Tremont, like, is it Waters? I can know what his name is. And then like Romeo Langford, Grant Williams, who was absolutely awful tonight. And then again, you just like look around the league and all these guys, all these teams are missing multiple stars, multiple stars in general. And the Bulls right now, even without Zach, they have the rest of their lineup intact. And they, so, and they have some decent depth if guys aren't playing terribly. I mean, we saw Thad come off the bench again today and was pretty solid. Uh, Lowry is kind of what he is at this point. He, Lowry did play well against the Cavs tonight. He did. Uh, he missed some open threes, which is tough, but he did have a few nice moves inside. But I mean, theoretically, with the Bulls like being in a relatively decent spot health wise, like they should be able to take advantage with some of the with some of this depth, even with Zach out. If they play hard, they play defense, and with another All Star there, I mean, they're not that short handed. Even though obviously missing Zach is tough, just with the points he puts up. But uh, when they have all these other guys there, and with all these other teams missing guys. Uh, again, I mean, the Cavs aren't any good. I know the Cavs made a little run here. They got kind of close, but they, I think they lost the Pistons tonight, if I'm not mistaken. They got down big, and then they came back, and then they did, yeah, they lost. So, like, they're falling. They've kind of fallen back again, four games back of the Bulls. Uh, and then the Hornets. I mean, you mentioned the Hornets. I mean, they're down. Uh, he said, Lamelo won't be back just yet. I think he'll be back next week. Hayward's still out. Uh, I know they were dealing with some other injuries, but I think, like, Rozier and Devontae Graham and P.J. Washington are back now. But, like, uh, I mean, the Hornets won't be an easy game, but, like, again, they're missing their two best players. So, like, that's a game where the Bulls did beat the Hornets earlier this season. So, like, that's a game where uh, you could argue the Bulls should win that one, too, even on the second of a back-to-back. So, definitely some huge games. We've, I mean, we can't we can't lock in any games for that minute. We, we just saw the Bulls get their ass, get their ass beat by uh, uh, the Orlando Magic by it. I know the game ended up being a bit closer than it was, but they got their ass beat by them. We saw them lose to the Cavs before the trade deadline. Uh, obviously, that was before Vucevic, but uh, we can't lock in any wins for sure. But if they play at least decent, they play hard like they did tonight, they should beat some of these teams. Uh, Jordan pointed out that uh, Rob Schaefer tweeted that the Bulls are 9-6 and six with Garrett Temple starting. Having Garrett Temple back has, is definitely very nice. I think today, like tonight's game was an example of the way Temple played right at the start of the season. When the when the Bulls are playing some of their best basketball to start the season, like that West Coast road trip where they, they played tight with the, the L.A. teams, they they had that huge comeback in Portland. Garrett Temple was off to an incredible start this season shooting-wise and playing solid defense and playing smart ball. Uh, and that was the kind of version we saw to Garrett Temple tonight. He had all three of his three-pointers. He had, I think, four assists. He played the defense on Jason Tatum. So just having that kind of that wing, we've seen the Bulls just struggling. They have no, had, had nobody to guard wings. So to actually have a competent 3-and-D guy, I mean, we're not going to always get that Garrett Temple every night because he's a journeyman guy. But, like, when you the Bulls do get that, that version of Garrett Temple, and when he plays well, that's huge. And that kind of is uh, borne out in the stat that Jordan br- brought up from Rob Schaefer today, that the Bulls are 9-6 and six or, like, 9-7, and seven, something like that, when, the, when Garrett Temple is starting. So they're not totally awful when he's in the lineup and when he's playing well like today. So that's definitely something to watch out for as the Bulls keep going forward here. Um like I said, if anybody else, the last call, if anybody else wants to come up here and speak, otherwise we are going to wrap it up here. Here we go. We got Tamir wants to come and uh, have a comment. So one second. 
Hey, sure, yeah. go ahead. I'm not trying to be rude, Buck. I've seen 20. Yep, all good. Oh, he's oh, hold on. Well, we'll bring up Nick first here. He'll have a comment before Tamir comes back. Nick, go ahead. Hey, um, I, I, I'm back. Um, I. Right, so this is about the Bulls. I think this is just like a take about like centers and like shooting more centers and shooting guards. More into that can be Nikola Vosovich. I think like having like talent, like shooting, like dribbling, and like scoring, and like even like IQ to an extent. Eh, not really IQ. I feel like talent in that sense. I feel like like involved in being a good shooting guard and like having like the effort and stuff. I feel like it's just a bit of like an overrated like a way to rate players. I think you gotta rate them off their production, not off their. Like I feel like 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 me and Nick like like we we, we go to the same school. Like we were yeah. talking about it like. Like like our like our teacher like he was playing basketball he's not talented at all no like, talent but like you you know what I mean like 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 when you're good you know what I mean like I feel like I think it's just an example someone like Daddy Young for example like he like, he's not ultra talented but like he makes the most of it and he's probably the second or third most effective player on this team I feel like just talent and like even like being an effective player like I feel like it's just like with talent and like. It's, it's, uh, maybe to a degree for sure. I mean, Thad, the point about Thad Young is definitely right. Yeah. I mean, a lot, a lot of it can also just be like basketball IQ, just the smarts. Thad just makes so many good decisions. I know he's had there have been times where he's had some issues, but like for the most part, I mean, he's such a smart player, smart passer, and making those kind of plays can make up for if you're lacking talent. I think ultimately, when you're talking about like winning championships and like doing that kind of stuff like big time, obviously you need to have all that need to have that top tier talent there. But uh, I mean, something, one thing the Bulls just haven't had in recent years has been smart, smart players. And like Thad Young is an example, but like, I think Vucevic is also an example. I mean, he's, he's very talented, but he's also a pretty smart player in terms of his passing, in terms of he knows where to, I don't know if he's where, a, where I to don't make know the right plays uh, and all that kind of stuff. So like, just adding adding a guy like that who who can make those kind of high Q, high IQ plays, uh, just the Bulls the Bulls have needed that and they've lacked that. And I mean that kind of come that kind of goes back to the Kobe thing as well. Where just like I wouldn't say he's like, he just doesn't have the highest basketball IQ uh, right now as a player. So the obviously again that's why the Bulls could use that kind of upgrade at point guard. I mean you can argue argue Zach doesn't have the best basketball IQ either. We we still we've talked a long time about Zach's decision making sometimes is him going broke can sometimes hurt the team. Again, he's obviously also really talented, and he's carried put the Bulls on his back for much of the season. But uh, you got to find that mix. You obviously got to have the talent, but you also need to have that be that have those smarts. You got you got to play hard uh, because we've seen games with the Bulls they don't play smart and they don't play hard, and they lose by and they get their ass beat by the Orlando Magic. Exactly. So, uh, exactly. Tonight they played. And, and, and I wouldn't say they necessarily played super smart, but they played hard, uh, and that was good. And they got a win because of it. Yeah. Also, going back to like uh, Patrick Williams, for example, like, I. I, I I think he is very, very talented, but like, I don't know if he's going to be, like, the next, like, Kawhi, as people saying, because I feel like. Yeah, I mean, obviously the Kawhi thing is, like, absolutely crazy. But, uh, like, I mean, Patrick Williams has shown flashes, I think, of that basketball IQ and all that kind of good and all that and all that good stuff. I mean, we'll definitely see. Nick, what, what, what was the point you wanted to make? We wanted to wrap up here. We don't, don't want to go too long. But, Nick, I want to give you a chance to speak, and then we had we had somebody else who wanted to speak as well. So, Nick, your turn. Yeah. Moving on. Ethan, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, th- thanks for having me on. Um, so, so real quick, I'm actually a Celtics fan, um, and I just got to give you guys um, some kudos. Um, obviously, it, it pains me to, to see a game like that. Um, I felt like we, um, we we didn't play as hard as you guys, but 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 you you hit you hit the nail on the head. Um, I think. 
in terms of just, you know, showing a little more IQ. There was a couple of moments of the game where I noticed like Kobe was like about to rush it and then he took his time and, and like let, let the play clock go down. It's not a typical play you would have seen him do even a few months ago or last year. Um, so it's little things like that that I think you're seeing some slight improvements on. Um, and the Bulls, to me, are one of those teams that just have a ton of talent. It's just a matter of fit. So, for example, one of the, the major things they did, I feel, in the middle of the year was um, starting Sonoransky over Kobe. Um, and letting Kobe kind of, you know, be more of that scorer off the bench and differentiating, delineating rather him and Levine uh, was key. And against the Celtics tonight, you saw a lineup that kind of made a lot of sense, right, where Vucevic was a clear primary guy, killed the Celtics down low. Kobe was was kind of a nice secondary guy a bit. Um, but it wasn't like over – when you have like Levine, Kobe, and, and Vuce, and then you have marketing. It's almost like too much. It's, it's too many guys. I feel like they need to be the number one, number two guy, and it's just it's just a bad fit overall. The talent's there. It's just a matter of getting the fits, and I think the Bulls just need to make tweaks here and there, but they have enough talent, I think, to get there. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, something we've talked about in this pod before is, like, we think the Bulls are kind of just, like, half – maybe not half finished, but just kind of, like – there's still, like, a, such a work in progress. So they do have to find just those better fits to just, like, fit this all together to, in terms of, like, playing both both sides of the court. Uh, like, you might – like, Lowry just doesn't seem like he's the best fit here at this point anymore unless, like, they bring him back in, like, a really cheap deal. Uh, the Kobe thing, obviously a work in progress. Uh, and they're still just trying to figure out some of the best lineups to like to run around some of these guys, uh, and we get they need that they probably still need that point guard upgrade. Um, but yeah, I mean they, they have two all stars in place now, and that was one of the reasons they make the trade to get to get those talented guys in place. And now they still have to make the other moves to kind of take themselves to the next level. Uh, and that's something we've talked about ad nauseum. We'll we'll see how what what kind of moves they do make this make this off season. It'll be interesting because next year I think this year they're obviously they are playing for this playing tournament. Uh, they have a decent chance to get in uh, in the spot that they're in right now. Uh, but I think a lot of it's about next year and hopefully with the the new front office can make flip a uh, flip around some of the, the rest of this roster, get some better fits in there to to go with their top guys and then. Hopefully that will then next year maybe they can be a team that challenges for the top the top four top five seed in the Eastern Conference. But uh, yeah, we'll see about that. Yeah, I mean like the the pieces aren't even that hard to get to be honest. Like Sadoransky was one, but like it's a mind like you need a bunch of like Jay Crowder types, you know, like unsung hero. Guys they need wings. To, yeah. They need three well, wings. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. But like Memphis has got a few of them. Like yeah, look like you know, and, and they you know those teams out there. Um, that can use the type of talent that the Bulls have. Like I think Laurie Marketing is a great reclamation project elsewhere, like on a team like Detroit or, or something like that. Um, it just it just wasn't you know a, a great fit. And that's you know that, that kind of thing happens when you draft yeah. the seventh pick four years in a row, right? Yeah, sure does. Absolutely. Uh, hey man, thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you for your comments. Uh, sorry for your Celtics tonight. Uh, they. That was a really weird game, honestly, for them. Like Tatum was just bad, and, and everyone's hurt and kind of bad, and all that kind of <laughs> kind of stuff tonight. The Grant Williams minutes are brutal. They're playing Jabari and Luke Cornett was kind of funny those lineups, but uh, uh, the Celtics are obviously they're starting to finally pick it up uh, down the stretch here. They were just on a six-game winning streak. Tatum is usually right. awesome, even though he just had his. It was something like the worst, maybe like the worst first triple double you'll ever see <laughs> since yeah. he shot three of seventeen. Just a super super weird game for him tonight. But thanks again, man, for joining us. We're uh, we're gonna wrap it up here. We've been going for a while, and uh, thank you for everybody else who commented in the comments and who came up here and talked. 
Uh, Ricky, again, sorry, I've been obviously going on for a while here. Ricky, do you have any final thoughts here before we wrap up? Officially? Nope. Thanks for yeah. yeah, thank you, everybody. As always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network, Blue Wire Podcasts. Uh, tons of great podcasts all across the network. Go check them out if you like listening to us. Uh, a ton of other great podcasts for us as always. Uh, this podcast, if you missed any of this, this the full uh, the full thing will be up on our feed later tonight. If you want to go back and listen to any of it. Uh, and as always, we can rate and review us. Let us know how we're doing. Again, as Ricky mentioned, I do think we're going to do probably another one of these later this week. Probably after the Hornets game after that back-to-back. So uh, look out for that later this week on Thursday night. Uh, and that, that's been all, uh, all for us here at Cast Considerations H. Cowboys Podcast. Talk to you guys next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.